Hey guys, again, if you are new and just now joining us, I'm Charlie, the lead pastor here. And um, as far as the list of things that have been completely and totally disrupted over the last couple of weeks, I mean, what is way down on everybody's list, I'm sure, is how this affects our sermon schedule. But Mark and I pretty early on, as we realized we're going to have to do this for a few weeks, we just kind of talked, does 1 Thessalonians, does it still make sense? Does it still make sense for this to be the... um, keep the sermon series, or do we need to to change it to something else? Because when we talked about this, and this was, I guess, back in January, maybe even maybe even before that, when we were kind of nailing down the um, uh, the sermon schedule for, for this semester, uh, one of the things we really loved about 1 Thessalonians is this underlying theme that it has about these relatively young believers who need some encouragement. And so in it, Paul really kind of lays out an incredible vision of what it really means to grow in your faith and your walk with Christ. And if you were here two weeks ago when uh, our first uh, Sunday in this series and the last time we were all here, uh, we talked about that, that, that really there's these stages that he talks about that you want to receive the gospel with deep conviction and then ultimately you want to be an imitator of Jesus and then be a model and you can make a difference in the world. And, we're, and essentially the, the whole series was going to be kind of modeled around that, this idea that uh, us having this picture of what dis- discipleship looks like, and it's like, well, I mean, is that is that really what we need to be talking about? But the, here's the thing, and this kind of goes to show that kind of God is in the planning in ways that you can't even anticipate. There's a there's another theme that runs all throughout uh, the book of First Thessalonians, and it's and it's one of fear. Uh, they, Paul's afraid. He's afraid for the Thessalonians. The Thessalonians are afraid. They're going through a real time of persecution. There's actually, when you get to the very end uh, of the book, we're going to talk about this around Easter, there's a lot of fear surrounding, for, for, surrounding, surrounding death and what, does, what, what, what happens after you die. And there was just a lot, a lot of fear around that. And so without having to change books at all, I mean, God has just kind of laid out for us, I think, some incredible things for us to talk about over the next few weeks as we kind of wrestle with our own fear. And so what was going on with the Thessalonians was obviously very different than what's happening with us right now. They were a brand new church. Paul started there as a missionary and usually would have lasted there and stayed with them for several years in order to kind of make sure that a church was established, that it had good leadership. And they would move on, as kind of was this pattern, to another town to be a missionary there. But because of some persecution that came up, he was not able to do that. Um, he was there for a little while and ultimately got completely chased out of town. And he felt like he got chased out of town at a time when the Thessalonians were incredibly vulnerable. They were vulnerable and at the same time they're being persecuted by these same people that had run them out of town. And so we see Paul, again, being afraid and being fearful for what's going on with the Thessalonians. And we also see the Thessalonians, brand new to their faith, having to live out faith, in a very scary time. And so again, I think there's some great words here for us. And so we're primarily looking at First Thess, uh, Thessalonians chapter 3 today. But I want to go back to just a couple, a few verses in First Thessalonians 2 that will kind of help us set the, um, set the table here for the story. Verse 17, again this is Paul talking to the Thessalonians. But brothers and sisters, when we were orphaned by being separated from you for a short time, In person, not in thought, out of our intense longing, we made every effort to see you. For we wanted to come to you. Certainly I, Paul, did again and again. 
but Satan blocked our way. For what is our hope, our joy, or the crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes? Is it not you? Indeed, you are our glory and joy. And so we have this picture of Paul um, has been kicked out and he desperately wants to get back there, but he can't. And there's a lot of ways that he describes it. I mean, he describes it here as something that specifically that, that Satan is doing. Satan is keeping him. Um, he, he is, Satan, in this instance, is really taking the form of the persecution. It would not be smart for the Thessalonians or for Paul to come back there because of this, of this oppression that he is attributing to Satan. He's like, I want to be there with you, but I can't. You are so precious to me you are so important to me and you can just feel from cover to cover all throughout this letter Paul's aching heart and desire to connect with these people that he loves I mean he describes them as his glory and joy that that he that he that that, that just overwhelming pride and love and care for them and it is breaking his heart that in this moment, in this moment of their desperation and their fear and their uncertainty, it is breaking his heart that he cannot be with them. And my guess is that there are a lot of you that are feeling that on both sides of it. My guess is that a lot of you are feeling that from a position where Paul is, that there are some people that you really care about that you're disconnected from. And you're probably also feeling it the same way as the Thessalonians did, where there's someone that it means a lot to you that is caring for you that you're separated from. And on both sides of that, probably in all of these ways, we're experiencing that level of fear and isolation. And the, 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 the first point I want to make here is kind of what we take from Paul, is that we want to care. We want to care for those that, you care for those that you're isolated from. You want to still... You can still demonstrate that level of care and 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 you want to be mindful of them and you want to love them and you want to care for them i mean it is very appropriate i mean that that to have this longing and this desire for them and so paul in 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 every way is like man i just i just want to be there with you and i can't and if that's what you're feeling i want you to feel good about that I mean, it shows, it, it, it shows a love and a desire to, to connect and, love with, and, and to love people. And I know that this has been completely crazy. I mean, it's been completely crazy. I mean, like just even, even small things. Like I, I made this promise to both Layla, our eight-year-old, and to my mom. They're like best friends, my, 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 um, my eight-year-old and my, and my mom, that I would at least take them to Branson take Layla to Branson. She and I would go up there at least once a month. And then, you know, Layla was asking, so how long is all this quarantine stuff going to last? When's March 31st? And I'm like, well, March 31st is a couple weeks. We still going to be doing this then? I'm like, <laughs> afraid, afraid, afraid so. So are we going to Branson or not? I'm like, we're, 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 we're not. Well, we got to go twice in April. It's like, well, I don't even know about it. Three times in May. I don't know what it is we're doing. And so almost every day this week, um, we've had the ability and we've just, we've been FaceTiming our Mimi. And it is awesome to see that level of love. And I've been feeling it too. Um, it's pretty normal. And I, Mark kind of have this, Mark and I kind of have this routine where once a week we'll put together some sort of 
either live, I mean, it was live, it's now it hasn't been, but like a, a live video where we're just kind of interacting and just kind of connecting with you guys in the middle of the week with some things that have been on our minds, sometimes connected to the sermon, sometimes just connected to other things. And it's just a good way for us to say, hey, even though we're not together right now, we'll see you Sunday, we loved having you on Sunday, just a way to connect. And um, if you've noticed over the course of the last 10 days or so, I think I've put uh, eight of these videos, one with Mark and some just me just hanging out by myself. There was one where Layla, our eight-year-old, kind of uh, was a, a guest star, I guess. And honestly, I, I think these videos have been more about me <laughs> and just about this, this thing that I'm feeling, this, this, this desire that I have that I just like, it, it, it breaks my heart to know that you guys are out there and that you guys are out there in fear. You guys are out there, for some of you, this is one of the, 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 the most difficult things that you've ever been through, and you're out there, and, and we, can't, we can't get to each other. And so just in, in little small ways, this is what I've, I've, I've been trying to do. And um, you see something similar in Paul. Obviously, no, no, no such technology. But you see the same kind of heart. And as we continue on here... In First Thess, into chapter 3, Paul says this, So when we could stand it no longer, uh, we thought it best to be left by ourselves in Athens. So he makes a decision. He's like, we were just kept trying to figure out a way to get there. We just realized it's not smart. It's not the right thing to do. We can't do it. So we're going to stay here. We're going to stay here in Athens. And so what did they do? Verse 2, we sent Timothy, who is our brother and co-worker in God's service and spreading the gospel of Christ, to strengthen and encourage you in your faith, so that no one would be unsettled by these trials. For you know quite well that we are destined for them. In fact, when we were with you, we kept telling you that we would be persecuted. And it turned out that way, as you well know. For this reason, when I could stand it no longer, I sent to find out about your faith. I was afraid that in some way the tempter had tempted you, and that our labors might have been in vain." But Timothy has just now come to us from you and has brought good news about your faith and love. He has told us that you always have pleasant memories of us and that you long to see us just as we long to see you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in all our distress and persecution, we were encouraged about you because of your faith. And so Paul realized that he couldn't go and he probably couldn't send any of the people that would be most recognized. And so he kind of sent, he sent one of his protégés, a guy named Timothy, someone that would not have been completely recognizable by the people, wasn't really kind of one of Paul's strong associates, one of his primary guys at this time, really kind of, a, again, just kind of someone he was mentoring at this time, becomes a pastor, at, you know, has a couple of letters written to him, becomes a pastor in Ephesus later and um, a really cool guy, and so Paul's like, I, I just can't stand it anymore. I can't do the thing that I want to do. I've got to do something, though. I have to figure out some way to connect. And so in addition, to make sure that we want to care for those that we're isolated from, we need to make sure we do You've got to do what you can to connect. You have to do what you can, and, and that's what we're doing right here. We're just doing what we can. Figuring out a way to just somehow to make some sort of relational connection, even if it is through a camera and through the internet. 
Um, that's what we're trying to do as a church. We want to stay connected. It is, it is essential. It was essential for Paul. He was worried about them. They needed some encouragement, and it was important for them, and they stayed connected. And I'm just going to take a little pause here. Some people, you know, I, I mean, we can't, we're not going to turn the cameras on them or anything, but I just cannot say enough um, how amazing it has been over the last two Sundays to work with the incredible team of people here who are in this room. The, the band that you have got, that you get to see and that you get to worship with, and, and the four or five guys who you don't get to see who have put in a tremendous amount of effort, amount of work to make something, uh, to try to make something great out of something really scary. And they've worked really hard and they've used their incredible gifts and they are a huge blessing um, uh, to me and to you and to all of us. And so um, they get it. I mean, that's the thing is that they get it. They get that during this time that there is an overwhelming need for connection. Even though some of these guys may be the most introverted people, not in the church, but on the planet, um, they know how important connection is. And they want to connect. Even, and so they are willing to go above and beyond in order to make this happen. And I see it. I see it all over, all over social media. Just one idea after another of people. My, the, the, the most recent one I saw over the weekend was the, the puzzle drop-off. Like, so you're there, you're isolated, you do a puzzle. It's like, I've done all the puzzles in our house now. What do, what do we do? Well, box up those puzzles, leave them on your front porch, and swap puzzles. Even though you're not really seeing each other, and, you know, you just you, you put a puzzle out there, and then poof, mysteriously, that puzzle's gone. There's a new one in its place. That's still a measure of connection. I, you know, I've, I've been on varying video chats before, but I had never Zoomed before this week. And so my Zoom total has gone from zero to, well, uh, to four or five just in a couple of days. Just finding ways to connect. And so now I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm talking to people, I'm finding out that these things are happening at night. That's like, hey, let's, 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 instead of going out and having a drink and hanging out together, let's stay in and just connect and so they're staying in, videoing with each other, and, co- and connecting. Groups of ladies have been doing that. Groups of guys have been doing that. Small groups have been doing that. Bible studies have been doing that. Um, our trustees team did that. Um, it is most important now, in a time of trial, in a, trial, in a time of uncertainty, in a time of fear, it is most important now to connect. And so at the time when connecting seems like it is the most unlikely to be able to happen is also the time that it is needed the most. And so I cannot encourage you enough to find ways to connect. We've been doing this for our eight-year-old. We've been doing it for our adult daughters as well. My, my wife and I, we've been trying to do that with, with friends and people that we work with. You know, uh, we were sitting here last week, and I remember at the very end, I was saying, hey, right now, we still would love for you guys to meet in small groups. And I'm telling you, it was not just a few hours later where they're saying, if there's 10, don't even do it. Now they're saying, even to the degree, it's like, if you don't have to do it, even if it's just do it, just stay home if you can. And it just seems like that things are getting more restrictive. And the more restrictive they become, the more the fear gets us. And the more that fear gets us, the more we can tend to want to isolate 
and it is essential that even as we are physically isolated, that we do not take the step of fear to completely isolate. Again, we live in an incredibly blessed time um, in the sense where we have an overwhelming amount of technology available to us to make sure that we can stay relationally connected. And so when Paul, when all the best options of what he thought were gone, he still did what he could to connect. So he sent Timothy, and again, it was, it was going to be hard for Timothy to get this message, can't get the message back to him. So it, was still, it took him a while, but he still wanted to do this. He sends Timothy, makes sure he finds out everything, and then Timothy comes back and gives this report. And Paul is, is super encouraged. He's super encouraged because he, he, um, he, he, was, he says, in all our distress and persecution, despite everything else that was going on, we were encouraged about you because of your faith. And again, I think I would, I would love to express that same sentiment. I would love to express that same sentiment about you guys when I hear the stories of you guys still wanting to relationally connect. As, I'm, as I read posts and I hear you say things about how even in the midst of this, you are, you're, you're seeing God, you're experiencing God, you are, you're hearing from Him, you're trusting in Him. And so as discouraged as my heart might get, I, and as overwhelming as, my, as the distress may seem to be, I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged because I'm seeing and we're all seeing each other um, the faith and the desire to connect with God and to connect with other people. And so, again, Paul says in verse 7 that he's encouraged about them because of their faith. And then he begins to describe a little bit about what that means. Verse 8. For now we really live, since you are, and this is uh, an important phrase, we, now we really live since you are standing firm in the Lord. How can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of God because of you? Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. And so he says, man, we, can, we, can, we were distressed. This persecution was overwhelming, but now we can be okay. And the reason we can be okay is because we know you're standing firm in the Lord. And he's like, and then he says, I can't, I can't even imagine, I can't thank God enough. How can we possibly thank God enough for the joy that we have in his presence because of hearing how great you're doing? And then again, you hear in verse 10, it's like, we, we still continue to pray that somehow we can make our way to you and connect with you. But the thing that he was most encouraged about, the thing that made him feel like he could live, the thing that was helping him overcome his distress and his persecution, verse 8, for we live since you are standing firm in the Lord. And so we need to be sure that we are caring for those that we're isolated from and that we have to do what we can to connect. And then personally, we need to make sure that we're standing firm in the Lord. Stand firm in the Lord. And so the idea here is the ground is shaky. And, 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 and something about where you're standing, where you're walking, where you are, there's something about it that makes it where the footing is, is, is unsettling. I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't quite, I, I can't quite, like, oh, 
I need to, I need to hold on to something. You know, there's, there, there, is a, there has been a spiritual earthquake in their life. And in their spiritual earthquake in their life, nothing that they have been standing on is now firm. But you can stand firm in the Lord. And so you start to lose your balance and you grab on to something that you know will be stable. Some sort of strong, like a, like a pole of some kind. Or if you're a kid and a kid, like you, you grab on to your parent or you grab on to, you, you grab on, you know, you, you grab on to your spouse that you know that you can, you can hold on to. Like when, when, when my feet give way or when the thing that I'm standing on, when it gives way, I need to hold on to something that is going to allow me to continue to stand. And so, their world has been completely and totally turned upside down. Everything that they used to believe about the way the world worked, they've recognized, man, wow, the things I used to believe about life and me and God and all these things, like, I recognize that that's been turned around. And now they've put their faith in Jesus. And, and, and now it seems like that their normal social disorder has been disrupted. They are now experiencing a level of persecution that they probably never even thought about. So now they're being persecuted. Everything about their life is not the way that it seems that it should be. And Paul's not offering any, any fake encouragement about how somehow that that's not going to come to an end. That saying, in fact, this is, this, this is what I told you it was going to be. Paul's not encouraged for them because he thinks, man, I'm really encouraged you guys because I know that the end of all of this is coming. I know that eventually it's going to be okay. That's not what's encouraging to him. What's encouraging to him is that they found solid footing in the only place that one can find solid footing, which is in Jesus. The only thing that will not shake the ground underneath you the only thing that when you put your arms around that, you can stand firm. Everything. Everything else. Everything else we know. It, it, will, it will disappoint us. You know, and there's a lot of anger. There's a lot of fear right now. There's a lot of, there's a lot of second guessing out there about how this group let me down, the, the president's not doing what he's supposed to do, these people aren't doing what they're supposed to do, these people are overreacting, these people are underreacting, everybody's, and, 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 and there's all this anger. And we're trying to figure out who we can blame and who we can be mad at, who I can project on. My feet aren't stable, my world is broken, I have been undone, I don't know what the future holds. My, my job is uncertain. My health is uncertain. Everything about this world, every place I put my foot, it seems to shake. And the only thing that some people can seem to do is to respond in that with anger. Who am I going to blame about the fact that my life has now been undone? And when Paul sends Timothy back, he finds something very different than that. They're not angry at Paul 
for putting them in this situation. They're not angry at Paul for having left them. They're not angry at God for putting them in a situation where people are being mean to them. There's no anger. There's just trust. I know that in this, that God is good. And I know that God loves me. I know that he is with me. And while everything else I may put my foot on makes me buckle, makes me, makes me fall, I know that when I put my feet there that I can stand strong. And I think there is this part of us, and again, in addition to we, we, we struggle with channeling all this emotion into anger. I think there's also just this sense of pride. We don't necessarily want to believe that all of the things that we have put our hope and our trust in are unstable. That says something about me. That says something about my wisdom. says something about my life. I need you to believe, and more than that, I need me to believe that I'm good and that I've got this. And... um, And so I'm just going to pretend or I'm going to feel like this is something bad about me. That I need to hold on to something other than me and the systems that I've set up. And it reminds me, and um, I've seen this before and I've, I've, I've seen it here over the last couple of years of people who have some sort of hip surgery or knee surgery or something and they... And, and they come in and, and they've got some sort of crutch or they've got a, a walker of some kind. And especially in guys, you just see this overwhelming sense of, of pride and, and frustration. Like, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to be seen with this. I, I don't want you to see this and see weakness. Broken and undone and I need a little bit of help. That, in fact, if anything, that is strength. It is strength to be able to have the courage to make an honest assessment about the way the world is, about the way my life is now in that world. And to say, I am relying exclusively on the Lord. And by extension, I want to add this. By standing firm in the Lord means that we are standing firm in the Lord together. And so God is keeping me strong and he is sending me his people to help. And so I encourage you to not allow pride to keep you from having a strong dependence on the Lord and ke- or keep you from reaching out to somebody who, who can help you. Now is not the time to be isolated. Now is not the time to be afraid. And now is not the time to be prideful. You need help. Ask for help. God will provide the help. His people uh, will be the vehicle for that. And so I cannot encourage you enough to stand firm in the Lord. I know that a lot of your world has been broken. I know that a lot of your world has been undone. It was always true that these things that we had put our hope and our strength in were unstable. It was always true. Now we know it. And now is our opportunity to place our feet somewhere 
where we know that they will stay strong. So again, in verse 10 of chapter 3, he says, you know, we're, we're praying, we're praying that we can supply what is lacking in, his, in, in your faith. And he's going to explain more uh, fully in chapter 4 what that is, like what his next encouragement is. It's, we're excited that you guys are sta- standing firm in the Lord, but here's the thing that, that you're going to need next to build on that. And so we'll talk about this a lot more next week, but he mentions it, he, he brings it up here. Um, at the end of the chapter, mostly in the form of a prayer that he's praying. And this prayer that he's praying for them kind of sets up the thing that he's going to say in the next chapter that we'll talk about more next week. Verse 11. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus clear the way for us to come to you. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. May he strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. So essentially, he's, he's asking them for, for two things. One, that the Lord will make their love increase. So he's want, he wanted them to, to increase and overflow, that their love for each other and for the whole world will overwhelmingly increase. And he's also asking that their hearts might be strengthened. Your hearts will be strengthened by God, so that you can be blameless and holy. That the key here to the character, to good character, to being the person that God's called you to be on the inside, is to have a strong heart. And so the thing that they need to kind of get from a place of what he thinks is immaturity, but, but, but a, a, a relatively so, a solid footing with the Lord, but just a, just a lacking, the thing that they need, the thing that they need is that, is that they need to love well and be strong. Now, a part of me wants to apologize for that. That's very Christianese. It's the kind of thing that's going to be on like a little little piece of wood or a plate or something. You're going to have it in your in your bathroom, in your kitchen, your kitchen right next to the the the, the God bless this mess uh, sign that you have. And I know that that sounds very slogany, uh, but but it's real. This is what we need to be about now. I am going to love well. You are going to love well. You're going to ask God to increase in you. There's been this thing that has happened inside you where you realize, man, I love these people in my life. I love them. I need them. And and that needs to overflow even more. I need to love more. I need to love better. And, 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 and another thing that happens is like your heart, you're experiencing some weakness. And some parts of your personality, some sinful aspects of your life are starting to come out that you either thought weren't there or had been done away with, and now they're back. Be strong. Ask God to strengthen your heart. And on the other side of this, whatever that other side looks like, however long all of this lasts, we will be the men and women that we know that we can be and that God has called us to be. And in the midst of this, something really cool is happening. We just see a lot of people, our community care team specifically, really just kind of rallying around people. Um, If anything... All that's happened over the last week and a half, all it's doing is is exposing more and more 
the, the overwhelming need in our community and it's multiplying it. And so we have this little uh, free pantry out here in, in front of our house, uh, in front of our, our church here. And one of the people from our, um, part, of our, part of our team here today was walking in and, and a lady was there and she gave him this note. And you'll see that this note, it's on a, it's on a torn envelope. And her name was Charlene. And if you can't read it, the note says this. Thank you so much for letting God use you all to bless so many I know. So far, you are blessing five different families, all very low income, and consist of veterans, elderly, disabled, and a five-year-old and a toddler. Thank you from all of us. Most of us are your brothers and sisters in Christ. That's one note from one woman representing five families. And who knows where the trail goes from there? Who knows how many people, how many families have been impacted just by one relatively small act of making sure that we've got food out there as often as possible for people who need it. And that's just one thing our church has done. It's one thing that you've done. It's one thing that we've done. And we're just one church among many. And, and if you, ultimately we, and ultimately all of us in this community, will stand firm in the Lord, allow God to increase our love, and we will stay strong. Whether we get a note or not, the multiplying of the blessings and the opportunities that we'll have in the lives of each other in this world will be huge. Hang in there. Stand firm. Love well. Be strong. Let's pray. God, I thank you. I thank you for the men, the women, and the kids on the other side of that camera. God, all the people who are joining us live and all the people who will connect later. God, I pray. I pray for our footing. That that we would that we would be firmly attached to you. God, that we would we would be strong. God, you would strengthen our hearts. I beg you. Strengthen our hearts. Increase our love. Increase our creativity in loving well as circumstances continue to change. God, do not let fear, do not let anxiety, do not let circumstances, do not let isolation, do not let any of the things that would lead us towards fear and brokenness. God, kill all of that. And God, let it only lead us strength, love, and connection with you. We love you, God. And it's in your son's name that we pray. Amen.